episode number 178 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stanett. Everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute. And my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. On this episode, we're going to continue our masterclass on presentation skills. And this week, I cover how to be a great storyteller and really talk about why stories should be really the backbone of any presentation. Hey, by the way, I created a free downloadable guide for you. You just go to fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide, and you can access it every week. We're going to cover new, as we cover new sessions in the masterclass, I'm going to add more to the guide as well. So make sure that you go back to that link each week to access the, the new tips uh, if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure and, and do that. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. And also make sure and check out our uh, our YouTube channel, Fearless Presentations on YouTube. Um, we are um, getting some fantastic feedback now from the, the videos that we're putting out. So if you like the videos, if you like the podcast, make sure and leave us a review, ask questions. It's a great way to kind of interact with us and, and ask questions about public speaking and that kind of stuff. So, so um, we'll look forward to that. All right. So let's get on with today's session. When I was about six years old, I stole a dollar from my dad's nightstand. Actually, it was it was a little worse than that. Actually, I I knew it was wrong to steal, and so I convinced my little brother Daniel to kind of go into my dad's bedroom and get some of dad's pocket change off of the nightstand where he where he kept it. Um, and Dan, at the time, he was about four, and I told him that if he got the money, I'd run down to the corner store and buy us some candy. Right. So Daniel, doing exactly what I asked him to do, went into the bedroom and he came back with a single penny. <laughs> and even back then, a penny wasn't very much money. So I asked him to go back and get a bigger coin and he came back with a nickel. Um, in frustration, I sent him back a third time and he came back with another penny because he really liked the color of the, the pennies. So frustrated, I figured the coast was pretty clear by now. So I barged into my dad's room and when I got there, I noticed that dad had actually left his billfold on the on the nightstand. And looking through it, I noticed that he had a number of single $1 bills. Eh, I'm, I'm, so I'm excited now. What, what a score, man. I, I quickly took one and then put everything right back in, in the place that it was when I walked into the room. So I, I didn't leave a trail behind. And as I turned around, I was face to face with my dad. <laughs> he, had, he had been standing just inside the living room, listening to me coach my brother for like the last four minutes. And I expected him to be very, very, very angry. And I expected him to yell at me. However, he set me down and, and told me a story. And he told me that when he was young, he was a soldier in the army and he was stationed at, at Fort Chaffee in Arkansas. And he and his army buddy were a little short on cash. So before they went on weekend leave, they borrowed. In other words, they stole about 25 cents worth of gasoline from the base gas pumps and headed into town. 
So the military police actually caught them before they got off the base. And luckily, dad had an understanding commanding officer. Otherwise, he and his buddy would still probably be serving time in a military stockade because he said, according to the army, the value of the of the theft doesn't really matter. It's it's the action itself that created the consequences. So throughout my lifetime, my dad has offered me countless pieces of advice. Um, there, in fact, there's been so many that it would be very difficult for me to try to remember every single specific lesson. However, I do remember that story. So as you can see, telling a personal story is a great way to capture the attention of your audience. And stories really have a magical longevity that sticks with people much longer than a lecture or an order. In fact, in an article in Training and Development magazine titled Leadership Through Storytelling, the author tells us that people like to hear stories and they tend to repeat them. And so he said in business, as well as in other settings, storytelling works as a useful technique too. And he gave five different things that stories will do for you. He said stories help you capture people's attention. They send a message that people will remember. They establish rapport with the audience. They build your own credibility as the speaker, and they also bring a team closer together. Now, each of these five things are critical when delivering a presentation. So stories are a really powerful way to captivate your audience and make your presentation more interesting. But let's go into each one of those in a little bit more detail. Basically, he said that stories capture and hold attention. Studies show that the average attention span of people in the digital age is just about eight seconds. That means that if you don't do something quickly to capture and hold the attention of your audience, then you're really going to lose them and you're going to lose them very quickly. The good news, though, is that your audience is more likely to pay attention to a story for a much longer time period. For instance, when you go to a movie, the story kind of captivates you. In fact, a really good movie will make the time pass very quickly. While you're there, your brain during that time, is it's somewhere else. You may even walk out of the theater commenting on how great the movie was. You know, when the when you present to an audience, the goal is to insert a series of these mini movies for your audience. So just for a minute or two, you want your audience to mentally leave the meeting room and be somewhere else entirely. Now, I'll give you an example. Like decades ago, when I was in college, I took a business law class. And I mean, this was a required class for all business students. So we met in one of those really big auditorium style classrooms that has a stage and it holds about 200 or so students. And the professor was an attorney who, prior to becoming a a professor, worked for the local district attorney. And one of the students, a young Asian-American lady, about three, she was sitting about three rows up from me in the center of of the room, asked him a question. And she was at the time she was studying accounting and she wanted to know what legal risk she might have if one of her future clients committed some type of financial crime. Now, the professor basically doing what he always did when somebody asked a question, he moved all the way over to the leftmost edge of the stage. Every single time somebody would ask him a question, he would do that. He would walk. He would kind of pace over to the leftmost side of the stage. And then just before he would answer the question, he would pull out, he always had a, a thing, a chapstick in his in his pants pocket, and he would pull it out and he'd smile as, as he started to put the chapstick on his lips. And then he spent the next 20 minutes telling us about different examples of accountants who in some cases helped prosecute their clients, as well as examples of accountants who ended up in the pokey, that was his word, by the way, the pokey for covering up wrongdoing. So it was, it was really one of the most 
entertaining lessons that I think I've ever experienced or that I experienced anyway while I was in college. But for those 20 minutes, he, he really became our escort on a series of little mini mental movies where we were actually there living his experiences through his descriptions of what happened. It was, it was really fascinating. And by the way, do you see what I kind of did there in your head? Did you visually see the young lady asking the question? You know, did you see the professor walk to the left of the stage in your head? Did you see him actually pull out the chapstick and smile if so, I was able to kind of hold your attention in a fairly effective way, much longer than the standard eight seconds that that most people have in a, in a presentation. Now, the second thing that stories will do for you is they make the details and the data in your presentation much easier for your audience to remember. So if you have that data, if you have details that are really, really important for your audience to retain then it's a good idea to tell your audience the story about where that data came from. For some reason, when we take that little mental trip that I was just talking about, we remember a lot of details about that thing. For instance, if I tell you that sales dropped 3.7% this quarter, you might remember that statistic. You might remember it at least temporarily. However, if I string a series of numbers and facts together, you're quickly going to forget most of them. If I tell you a story, though, for some reason, you're, you'll likely remember names, numbers, statistics, and, and really a whole lot more. For instance, just off the top of your head, do you remember what my little brother's name is? And in fact, do you remember how old each of us were when we stole money from my dad? How much money did my brother steal? And in fact, going to the next story, what nationality was the young lady who asked the question in my business law class? That's actually a trick question. <laughs> Let's see if you remember it, though. What was she studying in school? So if you, if you remember just a few of those answers to the questions that I just asked, then you can really see the power that are in storytelling. If you remember the answers to all of those, then, I mean, really, I, I kind of rest my case because stories have a fantastic way to build the memory of your audience members. So the next thing that stories do is they help you build rapport with your audience. Storytelling causes us to relate better to our audience because when a person hears a story, then he or she tends to kind of relate that story to something from his or her own personal experience. For instance, if I told you about a, a friend of mine who was killed in a drunk driving accident, your subconscious mind will typically try to relate that story to a personal experience of your own. For instance, you may subconsciously start searching through stored memories to find a similar incident from your own life. You might remember a time when maybe you had a little too much to drink and got behind the wheel of your own car, or you might remember a time when somebody else that you know had a little too much to drink and, and tried to drive home. If none of those things kind of seem familiar to you, then you might remember a time when you have saw a film in high school about drunk driving. Basically, what happens is your brain will kind of keep searching until it finds something similar in your own experience. Just to test this, think back to earlier when I mentioned stealing money from my dad. There's a good chance that as you heard that story, a, a similar memory kind of popped into your head. Your brain hears that story and thinks, oh, that's the same thing that happened to me. This is very familiar. Right. So that's one of the things that happens automatically when we tell stories. So it really helps us build rapport with the people who are in our audience. 
The next thing that stories do is they actually help us build our credibility as well. The, the storytelling process actually builds credibility where the audience, because your audience's own memories verify the truth of the original story. In addition, when you tell success stories based on your own experience, you are subtly able to kind of show how you are an expert on that subject. I'll give you an example from my own, my own life. A few years ago, a company in Houston asked me to come in and train their executives on how to deliver workshops. These were actually specifically, they were financial workshops. And in fact, this company actually specialized in helping people manage their self-directed individual retirement accounts like IRAs. And in recent years, they had developed a, a, a really popular YouTube channel as well. They did this, by the way, by offering live training sessions every Tuesday and offering the training on their YouTube channel. So they would record it and replay it on, on YouTube. But these sessions, um, they'd always been led by their founder and CEO, and the CEO had recently had a stroke. Now, he was still sharp and he was still as intelligent as he ever had been. But the stroke affected his speech in a negative way. So as a result, he decided to turn the training over to some of his other executives. And they were kind of nervous because they had really big shoes to fill. This guy had done a fantastic job for the last decade or so. And so they brought me in and asked me for some help. Now, before I traveled down to Houston, one of the things that I did to prepare for this was I watched hours of the CEO's training sessions on their YouTube channel. Pretty easy. I was able to pick up on his style and, and also pick up on his personality, the different things that he did to make his presentations engaging. So when I got to Houston and I began the sessions with his executives, I showed them how to use very similar techniques to inspire their audiences and to teach their crowds just like what he was doing. And when we finished the session, we had each of them actually design an entire workshop from scratch, and we recorded each one of them for their YouTube channel. And, and by the way, each of them really kind of hit, the, hit it out of the park, so to speak. Um, and it was basically a really, really good success of how to customize some content for a specific group of people. Now, by me sharing that story with you, my credibility as an expert on creating custom presentation training solutions for clients increases dramatically. Um, in fact, prior to me telling you that story, you may not have ever thought about having me come to your office and training an entire group of presenters at, at a single time. But when I tell the story, it proves to you that I have an expertise in that area. You can use your own success stories, by the way, for a similar benefit in your presentations as well. The next thing that stories do is they, they help build more of a team atmosphere. Now, although this is not a major benefit of inserting stories into your presentation, stories do have a way of building a team atmosphere. For instance, when we have internal meetings here at our office, we like to start the meeting by sharing success stories that we've had in the, since the previous meeting. It's an easy way to keep morale high and, and build teamwork. And these sessions also give our instructors and our sales team a chance to subtly kind of brag about their, their accomplishments in a really positive way. And so all of these things that stories do, they're all benefits that will, will help you fantastically when you deliver presentations. However, there is one major benefit of inserting stories into your presentation that's even more important. Stories actually help you reduce nervousness and they help you reduce nervousness dramatically. Because when you tell a story from your own experience, all you really have to do is play that little mini movie in your head and tell your audience what you're seeing. 
You don't have to memorize anything because you were there. You experienced it. And since you were there and you were an eyewitness to this thing that was happening, there's no way anyone in the audience can contradict what you're saying. However, if you give a series of facts and figures, though, human nature kind of kicks in and the audience will want to play kind of devil's advocate. If you give them a fact, say this is absolutely true. The folks in the audience sometimes will kind of say, well, I can think of at least one situation where that wouldn't be true. But when you tell a story, you're more likely to help your audience kind of agree with you and it helps you reduce your nervousness at the same time. So if you want to dazzle your audience, tell more personal stories when you deliver presentations. So one of the questions I'm often asked here is how do we find suitable personal stories? You know, did any story, well, any story do? Well, all you really have to do is ask yourselves a series of questions such as when was the first time that I realized that this point that I'm trying to make in my presentation was valid? So you've got a bullet point that you've created in your presentation. When was the first time that I realized that that was true? Or when was the last time that I took this advice myself? Or when was the last time I did this thing? And basically, the answer to those questions will help you come up with a really powerful story for your, for your presentation. So here are a few action items that you can use to help you insert stories into your presentations. What you want to do is catalog stories of experiences that you have had that others can learn from them. For instance, create a list of successes that you've had in business. It might be a promotion that you've received, an idea that your company adopted, a project that you worked on that finished earlier, that finished under budget, a time that you dealt effectively with a tough customer. Any of those kind of things can serve as great example stories in your presentations. Another thing that you can do is create a list of challenges or setbacks that you might have had in your career. That thing that you faced and once you overcame it, it became a solution for you. You could also create a list of mistakes that you've made in your life that were learning experiences. Sometimes the mistakes that we've made and how we how we fix those mistakes or solve those mistakes can be much more effective in helping other people than just talking about our success stories. The fourth thing is you can create a list of meaningful firsts in your life. For example, it might be your first job, your first date, your first child, first speeding ticket, whatever, right? Whatever that thing was that was a first, because a lot of times when we do something for the first time, it can be a, a learning experience for us. And the last one is make a list of key tasks or key steps in doing your job. Then go back to each task and think of a story of some time when you realize that doing each of those tasks would help you lead to success in your career. Do those things and you're going to come up with this long series of stories that you can use in your own presentations to help you sell your ideas. By the way, the secret to great presentations is being a fantastic storyteller. So if you feel like you need more practice delivering stories, I invite you to attend one of our fearless presentations classes in a city near you. All you have to do is just go to www.fearlesspresentations.com for details. All right. Thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations this week. Make sure and go to www.fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide for the guide that goes along with this masterclass. And we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.